Welcome to episode 73 of Not Politically Correct. What is going down? It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. A.k.a. Hank and Hook, a.k.a. Mexican Raven, a.k.a. E.T.E., a.k.a. The Wonton Don, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino. And you can find me on Twitter at C-Nova KPZ. McCoy was good, bro. Saturday. Good. It's your boy, Rue McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Dope Dub Danny, a.k.a. FBI Mike, a.k.a. Hallway Jones, because there's a ringtone. Your bitch probably has your it. Bitch, it's your bitch, likely your bitch, to be your me. Bitch. And she might chime in. Right, she might. Ding dong. <laughs> ding dong, which is. And you can find me at uh, Room McCoy KPZ. <laughs> That's Twitter. And usually never Instagram. And then you can also find me on Snapchat at Room McCoy Rebel. You did. Hey, Cody. CD record and everything. Russ, the bar man, aka Teddy Russ, aka Blue Fingers, aka Ken Universal, aka Two Words Q, aka The Progenitor, aka Russ the Bus. <clears throat> and then you can find me on the chattiest of snaps as Fatty Snap Chattiest. Hey! Uh, and Cheers. also on, <laughs> on IG at Candy Cupidity, C A N D I D underscore C B I G I T. That's for idiot. Ooh yeah. <laughs> How do we go this long without the ooh yeahs? Now it just sounds like bear without it. Right, exactly. <laughs> not, not grizzly. <laughs> Yo, check it out, Cody. What the fucking matter for? I love this group, man. <laughs> oh, so by the way, we also do things like be on Facebook. And we'll also be on the social media like Twitter. So on Facebook, we have a group that you can join. It's Not Politically Correct Podcast. You can like our page at uh, NPC Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Not PC Podcast. And you can find us on anything you can listen to things on that includes um, Google Play, that includes the podcast app if you have an iPhone, that includes um, Spreaker, that includes SoundCloud. Um, am I missing one? I know I'm missing something. Um, anyways... If it's there, search Not Politically Correct, find us, enjoy us, like it, comment, tell us how good we are, how much we suck, where we can improve. We'll probably tell you you're bullshitting, but we would like that comment, though. So, there's that. Sports? Speaking, 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 sports. Good evening. You're tuned into Sports, Sporty Sports with Sportsmaster Jay. Uh, this is... <laughs> so, this we is all pray heard... John with the news. We probably all heard uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. is going to fight. Um, they yep. have an undercard event for that fight with Nate Robinson versus Jake Paul. So Nate Robinson, the what is it, five foot eight old basketball player, not old, but like he's not active or playing anymore. And uh versus the YouTube dude, Jake Paul. What? Yeah, you guys got a lot of the same look that I had when I read that. <laughs> right. Wait, I'm like the who but what basketball guy? Glenn right. Robinson? <laughs> Nate Nate Robinson, he played with the Celtics. He probably ret- I don't know when he retired per se, it was probably like So that's not is that that's not big dog, right? Who played for us, right? 
I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't. Who, who the hell is that guy, man? Nate Robinson retired. I want to say like five years ago. Let's see. Wait, come on, Glenn he Robinson. He got drafted in 2005. Glenn Robinson. Me. Um, Nate Robinson is the short one. Um, did he uh, participate in a dunk contest? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He played with the Celtics with uh, Shaq. Um, he played, you know, the Knicks, the Bulls, stuff, but. You know, he really looked like a mini gorilla. Yeah, yeah, like he's he's yeah. stout and most. That's why it's like more than plus, you know. I don't like Jake Paul, so I hope that Nate Robinson wins. <laughs> I don't even know who Jake Paul is, but hey. Well, he's like one of those white YouTube guys that have a lot of racist oh. comments under their belts. Oh, white guys, all that, and doesn't apologize and stuff, and then keeps doing the same thing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes becomes a partial owner of the Kansas City Royals. What hey. a year for him. Oh, sorry. I was doing my news thing. Yeah. All right. What a what a year for him. All right. Back to you, Jeremy. Back to you, Peter Um, Let's see. That. Speaking of, uh, no baseball. Uh, let's see. Well, before we move on from. Speaking of baseball. Wait, I didn't. Wait. Uh, <laughs> fight. I don't know if it's entirely true or. I'm what. the king of Bernard Arnold. What are you interrupting me? All right. But I heard that uh, for the Tyson fight, they had to sign a disclosure saying that they weren't going to try to knock each other out. Hold on. Man. Yeah, they so mad. Yeah, they banned it. Tyson yeah. don't even know what that means to not knock somebody out. He's right. Mike Tyson. That's... Like, that's the reason we want to watch that is because we know what right. Mike Tyson's all about. <laughs> I mean, but not, but not just Mike, because that's Roy thing too. Really, right, dude? Yeah, it'd that's, be different if he do. was. It'd be different if he was fighting somebody like Mayweather. Like, Mayweather is, is purely Mike. Cold. Never changed. Like I saw recent videos of Mike training and recent videos of Roy Jones Jr. training, and Roy's like slow. He's not moving his feet at all. He's yeah. doing light punches, and Mike's like quick and hard, fast, and pause, and you know all that. <laughs> Which is probably why they had to sign that disclosure because he would have killed Roy. They probably oh. signed that after that that video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were like, "Oh, you guys can fight." Oh wait, no, y'all can't fight. Fight. Hold up, this guy's not human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will crush you. Yeah, but I think that's bullshit. So that means that they're just gonna go off of, of a point system. They're just gonna jab each other and. Well, they do go off a point system regardless. Well, yeah, I'm saying, but they're just they're just gonna be restricted to light jab. Eight rounds of. I don't know that. Yeah, they all tapping each other's like, gloves. If it's just like torso or like light punches or only non-dominant to the head or I don't know. Either way, not LL Coolio J. Who's that? Uh, yep, right. I feel it. So speaking of baseball, um, the Marlins and hits <laughs> quarantined in Philadelphia. Uh, Miami's home opener against the Baltimore Orioles is postponed, as well as their scheduled game on Tuesday. At this point, the Marlins have at least eleven players and two coaches who have tested positive. Ooh. So baseball like just started up and they couldn't play their first game because they like half the team already is positive. Like what are y'all doing? Well, that's nasty. First of all, um, and that that kind of brings me to, to to my question of this: like, are they going to take this? I'm glad sports are back. Like as a sports fan, I'm really glad that we have sports. But like, 
I'm worried that we're not taking this serious enough and just not locking shit down until further notice. Like, right. Well, it's sad that there's, like, Walmart, like, last week mandated everyone wears a mask. And then, like, four days later, they said, well, we don't want... They literally said that they don't want customers to abuse or hit their employees for their safety, so they're not mandating masks anymore. <laughs> like, what? It's just, just the same stupid. thing um, across the board, though, everywhere. They're saying, like, they're, they're talking out both sides of their mouth. Um, you know, we already know Trump does this, but, like, the whole um, trying to get kids in school, and now it's mandated everybody wear a mask, and it's like, you can't have both, yo. You gotta really right <laughs> lean to one side right 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 mm-hmm. and that's that's the crazy thing about the the shit that we got going on with sports because it's like we shouldn't i feel like because some sports are like okay we came back and they're like well we're not gonna nobody's gonna have fans like like they're trying because it's such a big money maker i feel like they're trying mm-hmm. to push this on right. us to you know somehow for for them to keep their businesses afloat and for us to like buy back into it and just like you know, settle down a little bit, but that is, it just feels like all of it as a whole is very, um, kind of under, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, undermining the, the work we've already done to stop right. this shit from, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just mm-hmm. feels like it's yeah. going to just be counter. People are very impatient. Right. I right. don't think we've undergone a lot of any work here in the U S I feel like every other country, and maybe that's just the media and how they're portraying it. But I feel like every other country has done a lot of work to mitigate coronavirus and to kill the numbers. Whereas the U.S. is like, well, we're going to try for two weeks. We didn't try for 48 hours. And then people are already complaining about, well, I want my barbershop open. Right. I mean, even mm-hmm. now, um, I, I, I'm not going to judge anybody for going out to restaurants and trying to do stuff like that. Because on one hand, that's you're... My job. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> by going to the restaurants, you're you're putting money in waiters' pockets, waiters' pockets, waitresses' pockets, bartenders' pockets, so on and so forth. Okay, yeah, I feel that, but you're not helping the Corona thing, dude. Like it doesn't it doesn't it depends. make sense to it me. It depends because a lot of businesses have made great strides to keep people from uh, keep people like those distances and to put into practice. True. Uh, like dropping off at cars so that, and stuff. Yeah, uh, and even having like outdoor dining so that people can be mm-hmm. spread apart and they can still wear masks and things of that nature. Um, a lot of businesses are are requiring masks to even come into their establishment. It's just people are not following these guidelines and are being uh, uh, stupid about it, um, saying that you know, well, I can't do this. I have a doctor's excuse, which no doctor gives that excuse out because even people who have asthma and uh, other breathing yes. uh, problems still have to wear masks and doctors actually this, recommending they wear a mask because they're more susceptible to being um uh, afflicted by the by the, uh, the virus so, so I'm i like, saw this video of this girl what? i saw a video of this girl that she said for all those people that say like oh but i want to breathe or you know stuff like that she said that she has a diagnosed clinical breathing problem mm-hmm. she didn't say what it was but she took she has this gadget that she puts to measure her oxygen levels and it said like 99.8 and mm-hmm. then she put on a mask, and it said 99.8. Then she put on, like, a bigger mask, and it said 99.8. And then, like, a, one of those, I don't know, you look like a hazmat suit kind of masks, and it uh-huh. said 99.8. Like, it didn't, she's like, it doesn't change. Like, it can breathe just fine. Like, mm-hmm. this is about safety, though. Right. And it's just people just being 
stubborn for no, well, for for a specific reason. Because um, they're just, fucking we're entitled as a, we're in, we're entitled as a country. That's just how we're we're kind mm-hmm. of raised. Unfortunately, uh, we're raised with that entitlement. You can't tell me what to do. I'm, I'm in the land of the free, you know, even though we may tax the hell. I don't understand how that's free, but that's another story. <laughs> Taxation speak on it, speak with, on it. with and or without representation. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Taxation, fuck any representation at all. <laughs> Taxation. But, <laughs> yeah, so that was another thing with, I guess, to try to coincide back with the virus and sports. Um, so the Bucks played last night, their first game, and... Was it Eric Bledsoe and Pat Connaughton, um, who tested positive recently? Flew there late. They attended the game but did not play. I was pretty irate seeing. Okay, <laughs> there's Pat, Pat Connaughton wearing a mask, but he was pulled it down to like just his chin area and like high fiving the players that were coming back to the bench. Like, get your ass down. What are you doing? Even if, like, just put the mask on at least, but, like, sit down. I was pretty, dude, that's dumb. But, um, Bucks won, 119 to 112. They did their thing. I think at one point it was, like, 17 or 19 to 2, and the only reason the Celtics had 2 was because um, one of their guys shot the ball, it hit the rim, and it was going to go out, but we tried to get the rebound, two of our guys didn't hit it back in, so we helped them on that. <laughs> that's like T.S. playing basketball. He's like, oh, you know, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> that's like T.S. Like playing. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's about you. That's how it would be, huh? Yeah. T.S. played. And here's a perfect transition from basketball to music. Uh, Lonzo Ball. I guess I shouldn't announce the transition. That doesn't make it sound fluid. Shut up, other I wasn't gonna, Okay, so I wasn't going to say anything. What? Lonzo Ball has reportedly been bricking shots on purpose and recording the sounds of the rim to use as beats for his new album. A recording <laughs> device was found placed under the backboards last night's game, and leaked a song has Lonzo rapping over one of those beats, saying, and I, I'm not a fan of this. This is what it says. Straight misses on the court, straight hits on the mic, Zion kind of thick, yeah, he rides me like a bike. I'm like, pause? What? What, what? what in the fuck yeah. did you just read? Yeah. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> you sure Dwayne Wade didn't write that? <laughs> <laughs> you mean his... Yeah! Straight misses his... on the court, straight hits oh. on the mic, Zion kind of thick, yeah, he writes me like a bike. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's real weird, Sounds buddy. about Wade, looking ass. <laughs> <laughs> Wade as fuck. Sh- <laughs> He's Wade, Wade as fuck. <laughs> And is that the new word? We're not going to do that on the... On the <laughs> we're not going to do that on the pod. Shut your weight ass up. Wait, on what? Weight ass, nigga. Look at that. You hey, You just said you were going to do that. I'm <laughs> sorry. I just, I just, miss, I just mixed like triple down and, and, and weighed. <laughs> what a wag. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to... Okay. Anywho. Doja Corona. <laughs> Doja Corona. So, thank you for that, trend, that transition, Cody. Um, Young up-and-coming, up-and-coming rap slash, and we're going to talk about this, Rock sensation, uh, Juice World, who died roughly eight months ago, December. He's an up and coming. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he up and went, my bro. Yeah. Oh come on, man! He's up and coming if he's down and under. But <laughs> 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 <That> I might. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay, so listen. 
up and coming down and under rap slash rock star Juice World, who died roughly eight months ago on December 8th, six days after turning 21, recently had his album uh, Legends Never Die released by um, Interscope and Grade A, which is his record label. Grade A is owned by the rapper Little is he, Bibby, who was not a legend then. That's really ironic. Uh, right, never exactly. Die. Legends never die. Um, okay. Well, I guess he coined himself not a legend. Like mm-hmm. he made that. Oh, you guys are really horrible. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, Grade yeah, A, we got you. His his album his album was released by Interscope and Grade A. Grade A is owned by Little Bibby, who was a 2014 um, freshman. He's also from Chicago, or 2014 Double XL freshman, um, who ended up after a couple years realizing he wanted to transition to being a record exec because he didn't like how the gatekeepers of rap were you know, old uh, white guys who've never seen a, spent a day in the hood, and they were, they're the common people who control it, so he wanted to, he really was like, I want to be a record exec. And he stumbled upon Juice World. Juice World actually was introduced to him by um, G Herbo. G Herbo, and, and, and these are all Chicago artists. G Herbo was a 2016 freshman. Um, him and Bibby, close friends, um, kind of grew up together in Chicago on some street shit. Um, and he met Juice and introduced Juice because G Herbo was not fo- is not focused on really building his label right now. He's more focused on the music. He introduced Juice to Bibby, who then took um, you know Juice and kind of gave him the platform. And so Juice has been kind of up and coming over the last you know two years or so. Um, his debut album was released in early 2018, um, and he just started to kind of climb. He did a by the end of 2018, he did a joint um, album with Future, um, which had a couple of good records on there. And then March of last year, um, Death Race for Love, his second album, was released. Had a, a couple of great hits on there. Like his Juice World has always been a really creative individual. Even when he first came out, I wasn't. I'm. I'm. Not, I'm not a fan. I've never really been a big fan of his style because it's you know like sing, sing song rap. But this album. Which we're going to talk about, I think, kind of puts a lot of that, a lot of that into perspective. Um, so, because this is a posthumous album, um, meaning what released after his death. Wait, uh, is that how you pronounce that word? Yeah, I always thought I, it was posthumous. That's what it is. It's what? Posthumous. There you go. There you go. Post. Say it again. I want because I, I thought Post. I looked up the the saying this morning to try to say it right. Posthumous. Posthumous. Yeah. Humus. Yeah. Yeah. And are you sure? Because they, we'll talk about that later. Post humus, post humus, <laughs> hyperbole album. <laughs> um, this album is broken just be, just because it was released after Juice's death. It's broken a bunch of, re- of records. So, for example, this album opening week did four hundred ninety-seven thousand copies. It's damn near gold, like three thousand copies from a gold standard. So the album went gold in a week. That album is the biggest opening week. Period this year for any artist over any genre. This beat out. This beat out. Really? Yep. Biggest opening oh. week for any artist this year. Um, I thought Taylor Swift did numbers with her. Um, damn it! What was the name of that album that just dropped? I can't remember. You Folk know what? Or. You know what? You know what? You know what? I think that dropped last Friday, and I don't. I don't think I checked the numbers on that yet. I checked the numbers for Juice last last night. I yeah. did not check the Taylor Swift as a re, as a recording. She just put her first seven days in the books, so she may have beat this. But um, so I don't know if one of you guys want to look that up for my, you know, for purposes of, you know, our pod being accurate. 
But up until this <laughs> up until this point, he had the biggest opening week. Biggest opening week um this year. And that was over all genres. That was over the weekends, um, um, after hours album. And it was over Little Uzi Vert who had the biggest op- who also did um one of the biggest openings um this year. Is that worldwide or just US that you're talking about? These are US numbers, but I highly doubt if if he's number one in the U.S., I highly doubt somebody's going to outsell him in another country. That's usually, usually, 99.9% of the time, not the case. What was his numbers in uh, the U.S.? Uh, 497,000 first week, which is... Damn. Which is... Yeah. What you have Taylor to, had beat him by 3,000. She had five, over 500,000 in uh, U.S. sales. Oh, she beat that. That really sucks, actually. I was really happy that this guy... <laughs> Uh, so okay, takes, it on takes a life. Damn. Just be the dead horse or a dead rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Way to god. kick a man when you're down, when he's down. <laughs> In the ground, head ass. Like um, <clears throat> I'll be right back. I gotta look at more metaphors online. So, so <clears throat> no, but but in all seriousness, um, not only was that one of the one of the biggest debuts this year, it actually is one of the biggest posthumous as my um, co-host helped me to pronounce, debut in 23 years since Tupac, Shakur, and, B- and Notorious B.I.G. Both of them released albums in 1997 after their deaths, with Biggie's being um, scoring the number one with Life After Death, um, which opened with 690,000 copies first week. Now, mind you, that was a double album, so physically it actually sold, what, three... 45, but it's two albums in there, so, or whatever, we're not gonna get into that. Anyway, like so that album. means if, um, if Juice, cause this album has 21 tracks on it, if he did a double disc where he had 10 on one, 10 on the other, then he would've did 100,000, I mean, not 100,000, a million. Yeah, it was, yeah, basically a million. About a million. Yeah, basically a million, yep. That's how, that's how double albums work. The units, um, they count as two units. Physical physical copies sold is you know half or whatever they number they give you. No, is that also because they're usually um, higher in price too? Yes, sir. Because they're double yes. albums. Because they're double albums. Because they're double albums. Um, most artists are giving you twice the amount of music, and you're paying. You're not paying double the amount, but you are paying a little bit more. Usually, double albums are like twenty. They're about twenty-two to twenty-four dollars for a double album. Whereas the average CD was around fifteen bucks, so you're not paying exactly double. You're not paying exactly double, but you are paying more. Um, <clears throat> anywho, so Pac also released uh, "Are You Still Down" in November of '97, and that opened with five hundred and forty-nine thousand copies. Um, but that actually wasn't Pac's uh, biggest opener after his death. The biggest opener was the one he released in '96. The Seven Day Theory as Machiavelli that opened with six hundred and sixty four thousand copies. So Juice World basically has, I think, the fourth one, the fourth biggest hip hop posthumous release of all time, with the first three two being owned by Pac and one being owned by Big. Think about that statement though. Think about where that puts him. I'm just saying. Um, he also tied he also tied all time records with the Beatles and Drake. For having five singles in the top ten at one time. Oh. So. Oh. 
Do you know what those singles are by chance? Um, I do not know which singles those are for either Drake, Beatles, or um, Juice. No, Club. no, fuck those guys. No, We're no, I don't. I don't know which. I don't know which singles they are. You usually, if I had to guess, because they're the ones with the stars next to them. If I had to guess, they would be conversation. Uh, blowing on my jeans. Hate the other side. Life's a mess. And wishing well. Those are the five that have stars next to him on his album on Apple okay. Music, which usually means those are the five highest listened to songs. So I'm a, I'm going to assume that those are the ones. Um, but I say all that to say this. Um, he was doing. He did a lot with this release. But while the numbers are impressive, what does the music say? So I want to start with you guys. I want to know. What y'all felt about the album? T.S., I mean, Cody, Russell, with it. I, I kind of want to get y'all thoughts or y'all vibes on it, and I'm going to tell you what, how I felt about this album. I like the album. Um, I mean, okay, so overall I'd say I like the album. It's uh, It had some really, really good points to it, but there are, since he's kind of a depressing guy, there are some times where listening to him would be like, eh, I mean, I feel it, but at the same time, I don't feel like feeling like this right now. But then he'd pick it back up with um, more, I don't want to say uplifting tracks, just faster uh, tracks, things that you could really ride to, vibe with and stuff. One of my favorite tracks, or actually not one of, my favorite track on here is the one that he has with Marshmallow. That shit is cold. He has, he has, he has two of them, which... Hold on. Uh, the uh, come and go. Coming. Okay. Yep. That's okay. Good. 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 We gonna talk come about that. Come and go one. is that shit. That I love that track. He has some other bangers on here too, but that's the one that resonated with me the most. I, I mean, after listening to Marshmallow a couple times off off of this, I didn't even know Marshmallow was on. Uh, Hate the other side. Low key. I just thought they were on come and go. But after listening to them, I'm like, nigga, I might have to check out a whole Marshmallow uh project because them <laughs> niggas can't this. They are cold, dog. But, um, yeah, I think that was dope. And then another track, it wasn't even a song. It was an interlude, the Man, the Myth, the Legend yep. interlude on there. Love where it. he had, dog, that was so cold to hear all those rappers' genuine opinion about how cold Juice was. But at the same time, they're talking about how cold he was as a freestyle uh, person, as a rapper, as a um, person that comes up with music so fast off the top of his head, and he's just so natural with it. It trips me out because... They say this stuff, and then I listen to this album, and it's like, what you're saying, I feel, doesn't match what we're getting. Like, I feel like he dumps himself down in order to sell his records. Because I've heard him freestyle multiple times, and the nigga is cold. He can definitely put a good song together. But then listen to some of the songs on this, it's like, did you? why do you sell yourself short? I feel like you could do so much more. Hmm. That's that is interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's my general thoughts. Okay. Russ or Cody? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know what I was listening to because I asked and McCoy didn't say anything. But okay. So I guess that it was this one that with the uh, paradoxical uh, title, um, <laughs> Legends Never Die. <laughs> paradoxical. <laughs> Which I did... <laughs> the first six tracks which i do want to listen to all of it um i just started like two days ago is why but um tune in next week when we have fire cody and are now a three-man band (laughs) 
hey, how about fire yourself and tell me what album to listen to? My <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lord. But anywho, uh, Bad Energy I really liked in Conversations. Um, I feel like I could like some of this stuff, but I agree that it's like, he is kind of like an emo sing rapy guy. Like, very, like, sad, sunny most of the time. Yeah. What was me? Not what was me, but you know. For sure. What was me? No, for sure, for sure. It's, it's, <laughs> It can get. It gets heavy. It gets heavy. It gets heavy. <laughs> yeah, I mean the first track on the album is called "Anxiety" or something, isn't it? Yeah, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Which obviously I can get like the heavy stuff. I love Kid Cudi, and we talked about that Mike Posner album. But this is just like, oh man, why are you making music when you could be going to a therapist? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, music is his therapy. Well, it was. I think he mentioned well, that in one of his. Uh, it didn't help because he. That alive. <laughs> and that's another thing. He mentioned that a couple times on the CD about how he had he wasn't he must be dead because he was never alive. And then he says on a, a different song that he's probably gonna die from pills or something like this. And it's like, yes. damn, dude. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, we're gonna talk about that as well. Uh, <laughs> Russell. So like, I feel like I didn't really listen to it. Because I didn't, so. <laughs> really? That's why we were both quiet. Okay. But no, yeah, fire me. Fire me, uh-huh. No, I, I'm I putting cases on all you guys. bitches. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I honestly <laughs> forgot to listen to it. Just, um, with a lot of stuff going on, so. Um, my uh, experience with Juice World is, is very limited. Um, a lot of the songs that he's, that I've heard on the radio, Usually it's like, yo, who that? Okay, that's that's pretty nice. That's a, it's got a decent rhythm to it. Something I can listen to, but um, like you said, most of the the lyrical content is really heavy. Um, like he really sounded like, um, um, not to compare him, because I know a lot of people would would, would probably find this to be blasphemous, but he kind of really reminded me of a uh, uh, Donny Hathaway in uh, his lyrical approach, because if you listen to a lot of Donny Hathaway songs. They're um, they're a lot deeper than you think, and they're really around some heavy heavy material, um, especially with um, the um, controversy surrounding Donnie's death, and around the same thing as far as Juice World. Um, there are a lot of similarities to him being like a tortured artist. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I can I I can feel the being a tortured artist and everything. I guess I'm still getting used to how blunt our generation is on things because uh, with the older generation and stuff, you there are sad songs and you can feel the hurt and what they're singing about, but they weren't so blatant about yeah I have anxiety and I'm gonna die soon. It would <laughs> it'd be a little bit they more. They had some foreplay around to it. <laughs> Yeah, it'd just be a little bit more poetic. Whereas with Juice World and the rest of his this generation, there's no poeticness about it at all. There's no painting a picture, and you get into it. It's they're literally there's no discretion. There's yeah, no discretion for anything. Yeah, it's verbatim. I'm depressed, like depressed, and I want to die. I think, and I'm well, like, I'm like you, that doesn't rhyme. Would you, would you, would you say it's this generation, or would you say that's more the approach of things laced in hip-hop? Because Pac was like that. Pac was like, you know, 
Pac would say, I'm not so going to... storytelling. But Pac, I think Pac was more like warning people that they were coming to kill him. Not necessarily that I'm, you know, going to kill myself type of thing. Not that I'm depressed. Um, I think it's... it's you could, you could say it's similar, but I don't think he was, like, like reaching out he as said, far as, like, his inner demons. But like he, but he, not, and I'm not trying to... He said, he said, Tupac said in uh, So Many Tears, he said, I'm suicidal, so don't stand near me. My every move is a calculated step to bring me closer to a mercenary death. Now there's nothing left. That sounds like a Juice World. <laughs> that sounds like a Juice World lyric to me. Um, it does, but Pac doesn't stay on that tone and those lyrics for a whole three minutes. Or for a whole album. Yeah, or for a whole album. Which I, that's why I said this album, it's a nice little vibe. I mean, you can sit and you can chill with it kind of like you would with the uh, the Mike, Pop, Mike Posner. Um, <laughs> like Mike bro. will, man. <laughs> Come at me, yeah. bro. You can, uh, you can chill with it just like that album because they're real feelings. But this, the way he portrays <clears> it, <throat> it's real, but damn, it's just, it's heavy, man. I feel it. I feel it. Well, let me let me give y'all my little <clears throat> rundown of the album. Um, we're gonna start. We're gonna go into production. Um, conversation, which is the first actual track. Um, second on the album, the first actual song. Perfect current day pop rap. Uh, uh, blend with like the deep 808s and the sharp snare slash uh, clap like layer and a spacey synth. It's not a lot going on here, but it's just really well produced. Um, and he has a lot of producers on this album, um, so I, I didn't break down like who produced what. But it's but it's it, this particular track it, it holds very well with today's like radio music standard. And you know you could tell that you know he kind of found his niche and he played in there you know really well here. Um, bad energy. This is like has like this low fire like this low pass filter over the clap here. Um, and whatever bass and guitar sample they have on this song, and it's, it's kind of like all passing through like a low frequency, um, and I think it works so well with the idea of like the bad energy sonically, which is what he does a lot on this album. I think he he is really good at beat selection and making the beat or the record, the what he's talking about on the record, mm -hmm. kind of go with what is happening sonically. Um, and I think you know that is the best. The best songwriters do that, um, and even Lil Dicky said it like he's best one of the best songwriters. I think that happens a lot in good music. Um, so it sounds like the, it often sounds like there's bad energy trying to get through the lo-fi uh, passing, and it's just like a lot of creative creativity on this simple production. Um, Tell me you love me is my favorite song on this on this record. <laughs> Tell me you love me with with uh, Shysto Bob, aka Trippy Red. Uh, uh, that is, I don't like Trippy Red much, um, and I didn't like Juice World much. And I think this record is both of them doing their best Trippy Red and Juice World impersonations. Like this is this is, if somebody said, "What's your favorite Trippy Red song? What's your best favorite Juice World song?" This has to be it, um, because it's just them doing really what they do really well. Um, I did not like the production on this. <laughs> oh, tell me you love me. Yeah, that's my favorite. That is that to me is probably the best piece of music overall. With the with the the song patterns how, how it comes together, it's the best piece of music to me. Um, it's not to say I don't think 
just to, to knock anything else that they have on this album. But for me, I just find I find the bounce to be really good. Uh, Cody, I wanted to ask you and Russell about this. There are two layers of guitars here, and I think you know, and and when you're doing music production, especially like rock based music, you like I have the rhythmic guitar here, and then the other um, there's like the bass mm-hmm. guitar. But the yes, rhythmic lead, mm-hmm. and then you can use the bass guitar. You know, obviously for the bass line, but there's a I, can't, I really can't tell which what is doing what here, but I know that those two choices of electric guitar and how they layer, whatever the the melody, whatever the rhythmic one is, they it is so well done. Like it's so. And at the per- same time, in songs, they're like if you look at the, listen to the music and then look at sheet music and stuff too, it'll be like rhythm guitar one, rhythm guitar two. Like they can have layered yeah, rhythm guitar. That- but yeah, I did notice in the first few songs that I listened to the uh, slow like I don't want to say blues, but like warmer toned sounds of guitars, and I liked that a lot. Man, this I I loved it here, and I loved how. Uh, it comes in with the electric guitar, giving me like this really like pop rock vibe, while the bounce is super dance. I like doom, like it has like this really like. Um, Maybe it's the drum pattern that throws me off. Something just seems just a little off about it. There to there, me, man. I don't know. And I, at first, when I first heard, it, I'm like, it, when like, I first heard it, it didn't like the rhythm of it. The like it did seem like the beat was off. And then yeah. I had to, and then I, and then this has happened before in other records, but then I, I stopped when that happens, I stop right away because that means that I wasn't listening from the beginning. I stop right away and start the record over because I'm like, wherever my ears came in, I know that they dumbass did not do this off beat. And then I started it back and heard the doom, 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 doom. And I heard that it was supposed to be more of a doom, 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 like it was supposed to be more of a bounce to it. And then I was expecting it to be some real heavy rap shit. So when I do that, I all I go right back to beginning the song. Like, wait a minute, something don't sound right here. And they make music for a living, so somebody better get this on beat for me <laughs> right away. Or for a dime. It, right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So again, that that strong that's there's a strong synth bass here that does exactly what it should as the foundation of this bop. It's heavy and it comes in and it brings everything together. And then at the end, they wrap it all up very nicely with the strings. I love this song, Chef Kiss. Mwah. Um, <laughs> this life's a mess. This is another I'll example. <laughs> life's a mess is another example of the rap rock production coming together at a very amazing balance. Amazing tonal 808s that happen at double time every fourth bar really turned me on. Not gonna lie. The uh, <laughs> the easy guitar melody uh, which bounces from electric and then goes to like acoustic towards the end near uh, Hasley, who's a feature on the record um, near her vocals. Perfect to me. Um, come and go. Definitely a rock record with the early 2010s, like radio appeal and that stadium anthem sounding chorus. Um, you have the heavy drums and the guitar breakdown, and it builds right back up to another like zappy guitar and an amazing uh, uh, synth that that like stings. Like the sound of it is so buzzy, it stings very well, very well for me. Um, up, up and away. Sound reminded me. It, this sound reminded me of this. It's like Kid Cudi sound. I'll be up, up and away. This up, up, up and away. This sound reminded me of um, so like a guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could definitely. First of all, you could definitely tell that this man is influenced by Cudi. Like this man was only he just turned twenty one. Um, he was like what eleven when Cudi started working up. Not even eleven when Cudi started. He was like nine or ten when Cudi emerged because he was born in what nineteen ninety eight. This man was like. 10 years old when Cuddy started popping. 
Um, so you could definitely tell, like, this is, it's cool to hear people like Juice World because you can tell the futures and the cousins, the people that we spent, like, like, a lot of time, like, yeah, they're dope. You can hear their influence on people. Um, up, up in a way, the sound reminds me of the guy with the long hair that plays, like, guitar under the tree on college campuses while the girls watch, like, idiots, <laughs> then converts to, like, hacky sack in between classes, but with 808 drums. <laughs> With it was like that with 808 rap drums. I was like, What the fuck? I'm listening to it. Like, how did they decide that this was gonna work well? Because it did, it did every time. It did. It's like a really pretty and simple acoustic guitar and melody with, with rap drums for a bounce. Loved it. Also, just had to throw this in there Man of the Year, another pure rap uh, rock song. Sound like it was pulled straight from 2006 production wise. Like, it sounds like you just went to like a radio hit, the top 40. 2016 he was like i'm gonna use this i'm just gonna rap over this beat now boom like it, there was no that sound that's a rap that is a rap a, a rock and roll production through and through there's nothing rap about that to me um best records so as, as you guys spoke spoke on earlier juice world first of all um he didn't write uh you could and i knew of this for a, a while but if you can tell from like the the um interlude he needs a medium and all that shit, like he oh, right. he didn't he freestyled he freestyled everything. You hear people talking about how good he was at freestyling. He was he's definitely one of those guys who, like Big Sean or or Wayne or Jay Z, they don't they frame they do a framework and they have these lyrics in their head, but they don't write shit down. They come in and they'll do a couple bars. And now the difference between Juice World is this man was consistent. Like Wayne will rap four bars, Jay will rap four bars, and they'll stop. And they'll think, and they'll be like, all right, punch me back in. Like, 30 seconds later, and they'll come back with another two to, to four. Juice World was known to just rap continuously, nonstop. Um, and would rap, and a whole song would come out. That's why, as a writer, I'm impressed with this with this body of work. Because no matter what you say about it being, he or, or or a person could say about it being heavy or it being, you know, off here or there. This is something this man is going in there. Hi, mind you, going in there, or was going oh. in there and just letting it flow. Of most, like this is the best songwriting because it it puts me in the same state of something you would hear like from, you know. How Mike Posner reminded me of like Bob Dylan, it gives me that same energy. Not doesn't sound like Bob Dylan. You don't. I don't get Bob Dylan from it in the sense of music category, but how much you could, how much feeling you would get from a Bob Dylan record or influential. Or John Lennon, yeah, like it feels like that um, emotionally. And so I did pull up a lot of the lyrics because there was so much I wanted to talk about. Like, "Tell Me You Love Me" is an is an amazing um, and catchy. You know, pop love song, um, but it it is it's so simple that it works so well. The tell me you love me, tell me that everything will be okay. Like the things you hear, it's the it's what you want to hear from a record, uh, and from somebody that's writing a love song, but it's not overdoing it. I feel the emotion and the simplicity of the lyrics, um, and he can he can pick that up. Come and go, another like super simple chorus. But here's the thing about come and go. Just again, the simplicity and what they're saying, um, 
the simplicity of what they're saying and how it layers with the production is perfect. This is perfect song creation to me. Like Juice World is doing something that not a lot of rappers today can do, which is amazing songwriting. Man, this is, that's not even just a lot of rappers today. It's a lot of musicians, period, right. to go into the booth and just it, it's such it's such a sad thing to see someone with uh, these great abilities, these natural abilities, to go away so soon. I mean, I could, I can only imagine the level that Juice World could have met if he got a, a few more years in the game to mature and to really harness his craft. If he got to link with more greats, like I mean, he was on Eminem's uh, album, and mm-hmm. I can only imagine that. Eminem could have been in this corner just chopping it up with them and trying to be a mentor. Maybe they trade trade bars back and forth like, oh, you think you can freestyle, little nigga? I got you, dog. Come on, let's do this. Yeah. Or, uh, and then he might link him up with Dr. Dre for some mentoring who might link him up with somebody else. But he was, he, he was only 21. The, um, the possibilities for him were just immense. <laughs> That's... The dude had a lot going for him. I mean, if he could hook up with Drake or somebody... That could, I know Cody wouldn't. All right, all right, all right. But Drake was clowned for a long time for being an emotional rapper before somehow he magically transitioned into the sixth god. But Drake was really good, or whoever wrote for Drake was really good at (laughs) painting that picture, you know? And if he could mix with that mentor so that way he wouldn't be so damn blatant, then I think Juice World could pull in not just the his generation, but he could probably pull in a lot of our generation, too, because he would have that creativeness about him a little bit more in combination with his natural ability to just come up with a track off the top of his head. Like, the nigga was dope or could have been a hell of a lot more dope. For sure, for sure, for sure. Like, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about the fact that, like, he, like, in this this come and go, or come and go, it's very simple. It's, I don't want to ruin this one, this type of love, don't always come and go. It's such a simple lyric, but again, with the feeling, like, you, like, I feel like it's one of those things where a lot of people can relate. We've all been there. Like, I don't want to fuck this up. Um, and just, you know, just, like, it's so, for him to be so young, young, only had just making, just hitting 21, the, the, the honesty and emotion they could put, it, put into the lyrics just was really heavy for me. Um, and then you have songs, like, where he's talking about, like, fighting demons, where he's talking about addiction. You know, or wishing well, where he where he mentions death. So like you have like, um, in in wishing well, I believe that's the one where he. Hold on, I want to pull those lyrics up really quick, just because I think that's the one where. Yes, it was okay. So it was in this in this um. In this in the first verse of this, he says. And in, in the first verse, of this, he says. Ring ring, phone call from depression. You use my past and my memories as a weapon. On the other line, I talk to addiction. Speaking of the devil, all the drugs, I miss them. Like, he's freestyling this. Emotionally heavy, like, like this is like... He can't, he can't, he went to the booth high and just came over. Like, he's just letting emo- emotions pour through the writing. Then in the, 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 what is it, the bridge, he goes, This is the part where I tell you I'm fine, but I'm lying. I just don't want you to worry. This is the part where I take all my feelings and hide them. Cause I don't want nobody to hurt me. Like this is simple but amazing, honest songwriting. Like this is the shit that, to me, 
is supposed to win Grammys. And this this is the shit that you listen to at 15, 16 when you're going through a depression, depressing moment in your life and you're trying to like have this angst about the world. You hear this type of shit and you grow from this. This is just like me listening to, you know, um, Killing Me Softly and like all the emotion you could hear in like Lauren's like different runs and shit like that. Like that, that's what this music is for me though. Like I think like Juice World was on the verge of something amazing here. Like when you just talk about those few lines and how well, how perfectly crafted they are. It's not like he's using some big words or some big phrase, but you know, you connect with this on a very human level. Um, but he but he keeps going through all this type of stuff. Then you have like records like Screw Juice, where it's a rap record with a perfect rock chorus. Um, or Stay, where he's like, here, here's the thing about uh, Screw Juice. It reminded me of the, the shit that made me fall in love with Young Thug, the onomatopoeias, where he's like, I hit her with the ooh la la, and then I hit him with the doom doom. Like, it's not, again, it's not, Pro, what he's saying is not profound, but it's just really placed, really creative and really well thought out lyrics. Like, I loved it. I loved it. And then stay again with the with the lyrically. This is a good record because it's amazingly accurate flow patterns and switch ups. This is a stay was one of my favorite um, records in terms of rap. Like in terms of rap on this album. I think he was really on that motherfucker flowing, like, just the bounce. And again, when you know that this, this kid is in there and not writing this shit down, and this is coming off the top, and he's hearing a beat, and he's just going consistently. Stay on, on some rap shit, he would have this moment where I'm like, damn, this nigga really, this little nigga really was rapping. Like, it's not like he can choose any lane he wants to go into and kind of really fit there. Well, you don't get that from a lot of artists where they can do rock vocals, deliveries, and then also out rap you like rap circles around you get rappers that want to play in that in that range and kind of express themselves but they don't do it well they just do it as well as right. a rapper can do it mm-hmm. overall um there are some really obvious high, high like high highs on this um no pun intended on this album and then some extremely low lows on this album i did not like the song with uh, marshmallow and polo g um i did not like um titanic like it was just it was like corny to me like uh, there were some records where i was like eh, he could have took five or six of these tracks off and made a solid 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 um album with no misses but there are some super weak things on here to me does not take away from his talent but some super weak things on here to me but the more and more i listen to this album the more and more i realize one thing it might not necessarily be for me there's a lot of genre blending on here um and it's not just in the production, it's not just heavily in the production, like using acoustic guitars and things of that nature, but to the point of the vocal delivery, the vocal layering, and the vocal arrangement on this is rock. It screams pop rock. It reminds me of, I hear him as a hip hop head, I often want to compare him to rappers, but would I, by the end of this album, the third listen, what I wanted to compare him to was rock records I had heard over the past 20 years on the radio. I want to compare them to, to the Fallout Boys. Yeah, this boys. isn't a... This isn't a... <laughs> I can't say it's not hip-hop. Because it's hip-hop. But it's not like he he goes a full 16 rapping about anything. It's sing-songy. It's not R&B. But it's not rap. It's not rock. And it's not pop. It's a interesting blend of all this stuff, and that's emo rap. 
That's the thing. But, they they, they want to call it emo rap because I mean I think that gets gives them a hip hop category, but it's not. More of the records on this album are not rap than they are rap to me. And I think I was just listening to a Lord Jamar talk about the Old Town Road um, record and how you know people said that you know that's not really um, that's not really. Uh, country, it's country. just it's him doing a parody, and that's why country people were mad. He was like, well, "What about Post Malone?" I, I posted it in the group today, but the way he described it, he's like, "So Post Malone is really a folk artist who does rap parody. He just spoke, talks, he does folk music to come up with these melodies, and then he talks about what rappers talk about because he knew he would like it." He's like, "So if Old Town Road ain't country, then Post Malone is not rap." And that was the. the I mean, he did say that he's not a rapper. Right, but I mean, in the when it comes to Grammys and things of that nature, they put Post Malone in the, you know, rap category where they were they were fighting to keep Lil Nas X out. I think y'all should go watch that video I posted in the in the, in the group. Um, it's kind of really interesting. It's, it's probably the, the only the best thing Lord Jamar ever said because I often want him to shut the fuck up. Um, All the time. Right, but that was that right there was some spot on shit. <laughs> um, I, I say that to say nice you know. Man, yo. With Juice, with Juice World, you know, I'm not gonna just because he's Juice World and he was signed a little baby and he comes from Chicago in the city. He's a black kid, and he what he does has a bounce to it. I'm not gonna call Juice World rap, and I think I got to step outside of do doing that. Logic was he was talking about it recently. He was like, me and Doja Cat and whoever the fuck and whatever. We don't. We're all they put this all in the hip hop category, but we don't all make the same type of music. He's like, we shouldn't be in the same category in the Grammys. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm like, you know what? Motherfuckers is right. Motherfuckers are right. Um, and Juice World, I don't find him to be, I don't find him to be a rapper. I find him to be a rock vocalist who happened to be good at rapping. That's exactly what I feel for Juice World. Um, he, I get Fallout Boys from him. I get Gym Class Heroes from him. I get All American Rejects. I get Panic at the Disco and some of this shit. And that's what Juice uh, World. Yeah, I, I felt Linkin Park and stuff like yep. that. Like yep. it, it's the yep. same vibe of listening to an album and you get a raw emotion out of it, whether it's anger, sadness, or whatever. It's not positive. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you don't it's get happy music in Juice World. Right, but you do get a release of. Um, of emotions that you may have been feeling. So he can definitely be a vibe. I was interested in hearing your perspective on this album because um, the reason why you don't give albums a 10 out of 10 is because they don't have, um, they don't have enough, there's not enough of a mix on it to ride to and to vibe to. This has both writing and vibing. This also has excellent song structures on it has excellent production on it. Um, it has damn near everything that every other album has lacked for you over the year. So I'm super interested to hear how high you rate this album, despite the fact that he's not really pushing 16 bars. It's still a great musical album. Well, that's interesting. Well, yeah, it's not gonna get it's not gonna get a 10. So I actually gave this album 7.5. And I gave this album 7.5 because for me, it's still a, for one, it's still a really heavy album. It's just as heavy, if not as heavy as the Mike Posner album. Also, I think listening into, listening to this album, 
like I said before, I don't think the album is for me in a sense of there is so much genre blending that it's hard to define what should be happening here. So I don't listen to this album necessarily in any type of zone because I'm spending too much time trying to figure out what I'm listening to. I, I, of course, it's music, and you're just supposed to listen to music and vibe, but it's hard to critically think at moments about this album because I'm like, what was he going for here? Now, I'll say, th I'll say this. I'll say this. The same way I gave Jay Electronica a 7.5, I think Jay Electronica's album is the album of the year on some rap shit. Like, to me, that is top two or three albums, period, so far this year. No, but there's a lot of people that don't. But but even I was able to say that there was some shit going on where I couldn't understand it. So because of that, I gave it a 7.5. Same thing with Juice World. Juice World, talent-wise, is there. Juice World is doing something here in this in this album that is amazing. But there are some really, 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 really weak records on here for me that I did not like. <laughs> and there are also moments where I'm like, damn, this is dope but i don't know how i feel about this song so the elements are there the elements are there but how they come together don't it, it's still it's still a work in progress in the sense of what he was finding in terms of his sound does that make sense like he's not it sucks that we have to lose juice world when we lost him because he wasn't all the way juice yet if that makes any sense so juice is concentrate. Oh. <laughs> he was just twenty percent juice. Um, no, so so I, I do like I do like that we are um, that you guys kind of know that I have a, a system. Again, the system is kind of we were talking about this last or two weeks ago when you weren't here, TS. The system is kind of in my head, and it works out in a certain way for me. But I don't think this album is a ten because it doesn't. There's too much. He's getting pulled into. He's pulling himself in too many different directions for me at times. And so and I think the whole 10 thing, it really has to be like a perfect album for him. Yeah. Not just having variety, but also being like, like it has to have like all of those levels. And I don't think he's seen one of those albums yet so far with the, his critiques. Right. Like I there's stuff that I love, like TS, you missed it. I gave uh, Alfredo a 8.5 or two weeks ago. Uh, um, and that damn near, that damn near, I was talking about, talking about it with Cody. That damn near could have been a nine. That that that's definitely up there on the high spectrum because of his voice, production, his storytelling, all that shit. Jude World, this album is great. It's a really good album, but it's just so much going on that it's like a carnival of music genres and varieties. And you know, I don't think that he had reached the pinnacle of 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 making it all make sense. If we would have got Juice World full on for like another five to ten years, he'd probably go down as one of the greatest men to ever do music. As soon as he had can continue to like work those connections he made in the industry and get the right producers and, you know, really focus in on the album. I think because you gotta remember this album was put together with his stuff that was he was kind of working on, but it wasn't, it was like leftovers and shit like that. There's tons of music, and so his team had to go, Juice sound good on this. Juice is able to do this with this song. This is a really good Juice record. And also, this is a really good Juice record. And also, this is a really good Juice record. And let's make, you know, give them the best of Juice that they haven't heard yet. 
it wasn't mm. you sitting down and saying, you know, this record will go good after this record and it will then it will stay with the, within the theme of this. You know, you know what I'm saying? So that when I right. when I talk about albums, I don't think this was all the way cohesive. That's that's the word I'm looking for. It wasn't cohesive um in the sense of what I want to hear from an album. Definitely good music. He's definitely an amazing artist and we lost him too soon, but this is that perfect of an album for me. So there we go. I feel it. And now it's time for Russell Prosity. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to kind of talk about um, friendship and and how to be a friend um, at first, because um, it seems a lot of people don't really understand this concept or how to actually be a decent human being to um, each other without some type of hidden agenda. And um, consistency, which seems to be a word whose definition changes from person to person somehow. Um, Especially when it comes to people who make those posts about, you know, I just want people to be consistent, da 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 da, but they don't realize that it's a mutual thing. It it has to be something that's done on both sides. Um, a lot of people expect consistency from others, but are quick to be flaky and, um, as I call them, mythical creatures because they they vanish without a trace. Um, so ghosts and Loch Ness monsters. Um, but <laughs> flake griffins, if you will. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and just to talk about some positive things, just to bring a little sunshine to the week, um, just because of the continued um, ridiculous stories of, of racism and brutality and hatred and um, just people being terrible to each other um, this week and this month and this year. Um, so I wanted to kind of forego that usual um, conversation regarding fear, desperation, anger, and isolation and talk about all the things the juice were was singing about. <laughs> right, good transition. Um, <laughs> uh, just like he transitioned. All right. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if this is due to the fact that I'm nearing the end of my degree program or whether I've found some new revelation uh, being in isolation or if I've even discovered some hidden meaning to life or anything like that right now, uh, in spite of the, the quarantine and the rules in place and now the new mandatory mask eating that's gone out. Um, but I, I really feel, uh, ironically enough, uh, a lot more free and a lot more light um, in spite of all these things that seem to want to weigh us down and press us down. Um, you know, a lot of people are taking severe precautions um, because either they feel the need to or they definitely have to due to their individual circumstances and situations in order to maintain their highest form of health and safety. Um, and others are looking to this time to um, learn new skills, to rediscover themselves and, and learn new things. And I think just the process of me being with me um, is giving me that chance to discover new things and to to really focus on things that do make me feel lighter, that um, not focusing on those things 
that um, usually would have you, you know, in your head thinking about, oh man, what, you know, just the negative self-talk and getting out of that and, and being more positive and more good to yourself. Because I think a lot of people don't uh, realize that they don't give themselves um, as much time as they need to. Um, simple concepts that people should definitely, in my opinion, um, excuse me, know of and put into practice every day to really focus on themselves and really build themselves up. Um, as a society, we seem to be selfish when in the wrong ways. Um, we seem to be more geared towards selfish as far as greed and materialistic things and not selfish as in building up the self and nurturing the self in order to be a better person to everyone, you know, ourselves included. Um, a lot of people who are seen as strong to others who look after other people, um, most times they don't have that strong connection with themselves, which is ironic. Um, that seems to be the word, my word for today. It's ironic. Um, they, they give all they can give to people around them who they care about, who they love, um, who need it, um, and who don't even know they need it, but because that strong person is used to seeing themselves in that same uh, pose, in that same predicament, they know the things to do for those people, but they don't necessarily do that for themselves. And so I think that's something that um, a lot of people don't really focus on and is a good thing to be in practice of right now where we have the time to being um, in isolation and really being able to have that heart-to-heart -heart with ourselves. First of all, I want you to really think about um, your happiness. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people don't really take into account. Like, you know, am I happy? You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I'm secure. I got this to do. I got this to take care of. I got this taken care of. I've moved this off my list of things to do. Um, but at the end of the day, man, am I, am I working on my happiness? Am I working on uh, being happy within myself um, and exuding that outwards, um, that glow that people um, tell people that they have? Um, is that only reserved for those who are pregnant? Um, I think that should be something that's, that resonates out of everyone. Um, not saying you're going to be happy all the time, but um, even in those times where you're feeling down or you're feeling depressed um, or you're feeling sad for many different reasons, whether it be from an internal or external source, um, I think that shouldn't cause you to lose that glow because at the very root, you want to be happy with yourself, within yourself. Um, I think that's everybody's goal, though. I mean, I don't think anybody walks around or accepting <laughs> that they're not happy. Like, I think everybody wants to be happy. Well, I don't, and I don't know about that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if some people thrive in being miserable. Mm. I personally know a couple of people who do. And it is my desire that they be, you know, happy, but it's not something I want to force on them. Does that make sense? Maybe it's something... I, I don't know. I still feel like everybody wants to be happy. They may not want to change what they're currently doing. They want whatever they're currently doing to work for them so that way they can be happy. You know, like, okay, so um, 
if you want to pass an exam, you have to study. But you have to study. <laughs> that's that's just what it is. But some people, I think, if you want to pass an exam, you just have to know the material. You don't necessarily have to study. Agreed. So instead of studying, then someone who doesn't study want to do study the material would pay attention harder in class, or they would try to take better notes in order to retain the information, or maybe they'll ask more questions, but they're not going to study. They want to still pass the exam, but they just don't want to study. I say that to say maybe they don't want the people you're talking about. They want to be happy. They just don't want to change their situation. They want whatever they're doing to work for them in their way, but the end result is still happiness. Does that make sense? Yeah, that I, makes sense. Yeah, for sure. sure, for sure. Actually, that was a good way of breaking that down. Good job, TS. Hey, that's <laughs> what happens when we get weeks off of pods and stuff. <laughs> we actually got each other. We actually, yeah, TS got. Okay, we're gonna have to take a break. A break every other week so TS can get us. <laughs> is this what it feels like to get people? Is this what you guys are talking about? This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Happiness. Happiness. <laughs> You feel that? <laughs> You've been studying. You Look at that. that. I know you feel that. Right. Um, <laughs> so a lot of people who, who look after others are, like I said, are hard-pressed to, to find themselves to say no to things that would often drain them or leave them, um, I like this phrase, emotionally constipated um, because they don't proactively, as you said, T.S., look towards their own happiness and fulfillment. So let's say everybody wants to be happy, but they don't work towards it. Um, even though I still think there are people who don't want to be happy, but that's neither here nor there. Um, they, don't look, they don't look for ways to foster that feeling. They don't look for ways to work on that, to have that type of energy to boost their, um, their state. Um, one thing that I'm personally working on is not giving my energy to things and to those who don't value it and then that don't really deserve it. There's some things that we put a lot of energy in that really don't deserve that energy. Um, yeah, they may still need to be done at some point or they, they may need to um, make an appearance in our life for however brief or long the duration is. But a lot of times we overextend or we over... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We over, we overpay, I guess, um, in terms of energy value to this thing, to this person, and find ourselves worn out because we um, gave so much energy to that that we didn't consider what the energy was going to, whether it was an effective use of our energy, and if it was really smart enough to do that in the first place. Um, just because we're used to doing something is just like we automatically push out that time, that effort, um, sometimes something of, of monetary value to something or someone, and it does nothing for us. Um, I know people say there's, the, uh, there's um, two things in life, a lesson or a blessing, and the lesson comes to teach and the blessing comes to, um, I guess, foster um, um, prosperity wherever we are um, but sometimes the lessons we get ourselves into 
is that very fact we got ourselves into. That, that did not have to be a lesson um, if we had paid attention to the previous lessons and really took time to um, see if this thing was really worth the trouble, um, seeing the forest through the trees, as they say. Um, and so paying close attention to how, um, how this benefits and it's going to benefit you in, in one way or another. Um, I guess benefit isn't the right word. How it affects you, um, whether it's going to benefit you or it's going to obstruct you, um, I think is a good way to learn how to ration out the proper amount of energy to something or to someone. Um, yeah, you're going to come across those things where you can't gauge that and that is just something you have to learn. Um, but it's a little different from constantly getting into something or to the same things, um, already knowing the outcome, but lying to yourself that, oh, it'll be different this time or, or I'm a better because I know how to, to, um, to do this um, to make sure that I'm not <laughs> basically killing myself um, to help someone or to um, invoke a change in something that I have no control over and that I can't really see a positive outcome from. Um, this isn't just about relationships. This could be about friendships. This could be about partnerships. This could be about business ventures. It could be about um, a number of different things that we can um, find ourselves into, attached to, uh, even connected to, that mean us no good. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard to have, I don't want to say it's hard to have this discussion. It's This discussion is hard to have with you particularly, not because I don't agree, but because I agree with everything you're saying. I, it, you're almost, it'd be like, it's like you're preaching to the choir. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I want to contribute to the conversation, but it's like, the sky is blue, and it has clouds. I agree. The sky is indeed blue, and it, in fact, has clouds. <laughs> like, right, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I think it's the same, the same feelings that you just know. Like, I guess today you just, what you're saying, like he said, is just kind of like, yeah, he's, he's, he's right. Like, we, I think it's one of those things where it's, you, we've been there, so you all, we all, like, all know. Like, I think, especially in this, friend, like, friend group, we are the friends to others that seem to like give a lot of our energy and our time and our goodness to other people. And I feel like we've like, as people have been on the, the receiving end of the conversation of you shouldn't give as much to that person, you right. know, like I've, uh, you should save some for yourself or you should not, you know, let them take so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we've all as a friend group been that friend who's some where right. another person has had to sit us down and say, save some of your energy for yourself and, you know, watch or, how you... Or put yourself first. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. And it, while at the same time not taking our own advice, so we'll pour, <laughs> we'll pour into other people to the point where we are mentally, physically, everything, spiritually exhausted, come back home yep. and be like, damn, I got my ass kicked. Yep. And then that person call up for a follow-up call because they're still hurting and you just deep breath, <gasps> okay. What's going on, man? How can I help? I mean, I know I just left you, but what's good? Right, exactly. How can I help? 
You need me to pick you up again? Right. Oh, I'm coming back? Right. Right. Yeah, sure. I'll come back. Come back. You didn't juice world yourself yet? Okay, all right. I feel it. Wow. Cody comes. Ooh. They just juice city themselves, so it's just a minor set. Juice country. Right. When you get a paper cut, it's a juice black. <laughs> juice black. Juice tea. Yeah. So, along those, and you know, it's funny, back to your uh, sky is blue thing. Like, you know, I, I, I get that we're kind of all on the same page with this. You know, we, we do have some variants somewhere. But, like, yeah, like you said, you know, the sky is blue. I'm not y'all expecting y'all to be like, well, you know, sometimes it's gray, though. You know what I'm saying? I don't expect y'all to come at me <laughs> on that. You know, if you Listen here, I could have sworn last Tuesday it was orange. Right, <laughs> right, right. But it's but it's dark at night. Right. right. When the sun goes down, be purple. <laughs> Actually, it's sky blue. It's a whole crayon. <laughs> it's called sky blue. It's a whole crayon. <laughs> but you know, and um, also to so the second thing you said to us about um, giving that energy and then being exhausted in all facets and then having to. Um, find some spring within us to still pour out because people keep coming. Um, I think I'm developing a different mindset on that. Like, you know, uh, I still have my like Christian values and things of that nature, but I'm really starting to come to a point where it's like, okay, look, um, right now I can't do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that you're hurting, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying with you, and you know, we've talked about this, and you have these things in place. You have the ability to do what you need to do. I just think you're not really doing it, and you're looking to me to kind of coddle you right now. And man, I don't got the energy. I, I don't really have the spirit. I don't really have the the, um, the fortitude to do so right now. So you're gonna have to figure out something in the meantime because I also need to recharge. Man, I'm also human, um, and I think that's something that. Even the church doesn't really push a lot of times that you can't really pour from an empty cup. You, you can't. Like that's where we, you know, we believe in God for that sustaining right. power and for that, uh, for that refreshing and stuff like that. But sometimes you got to be a better steward over your energy. You got to be, be a better steward over your spirit. Be a better steward over your time, um, and let people know, like, yo, this I just can't right now. It's not that I don't want to. It's not that you know. Um, I'm not there for you, and we're not friends, things of that nature. But right now, at this time, I also need the same thing that you're coming to me for, and I don't have it to give to you. And in this, in these um, particular situations, um, I really offer people a word of caution because um, you really have to pay attention to how people um, treat you, how they speak to you, speak at you, speak into you, however you want to put that. Because I am a firm believer in the, the power of the tongue, false, um, and how how thoughts become words and actions, and usually how people treat you or how they talk to you, um, even to their word choice sometimes, depending on the person, is really how they believe in you. It's how their inner dialogue works towards you. Um, so if someone is always speaking negatively to you, they may have a negative a negative outlook of you in there in their mind and i mean is that somebody you want to continue to be around if they're always thinking negatively negatively about you um i personally wouldn't um <laughs> even if they're you know your your quote-unquote test or, or or whatever um 
there, I think there's still still ways to to pass that test to deal with that person without giving them your full um, energy reserve. Try to change their mind because there's no one who you can change their mind, change their outlook on things if they're not willing to change. So you're just beating your head against the brick wall. Uh, I think as the saying goes. Um, so really, really picking and choosing your spots and really paying close attention to, like I said, how people treat you and how they speak to you, because a lot of times that is deliberate. It's, it's really instilled to them um, because of their impression of you or because of how they, they um, view or consider you. They speak to you in that way because their thoughts manifest through their words and their actions. Um, and it has been my goal to kind of, I guess, reformat that for me so that I am more deliberate and more intentional in how I speak and what words I choose um, and in how I treat people. Uh, because I don't want to give out the impression, one, that I hate anybody because to me that just makes me feel so uh, inside. You know what I mean? Right. It just brings down my energy. Uh, it changes the vibe. It changes, you know, I think even affects how my atmosphere is, uh, my domain, as we talked about before, um, carrying those type of feelings. And I don't want to harbor those feelings um, because it affects everything um, in me and around me. So I'm really not only just guarding my energy by keeping those people um, at a distance to where I can still love them and still treat them as humanely as possible because that's never not been the goal. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by Richard Pryor uh, when he said, you know, I'm just trying to be human with you. Um, I think that's such a profound statement, such a, a deep, simple statement that a lot of people miss is that, man, I'm just really trying to be human with you. And that means all my vulnerabilities, all my strengths, um, I'm trying to come to you with those in mind to boost and promote your own um, uh, human um, strength and also to be mindful of your, uh, your frailties as well. Um, and I think, you know, that there's no change in that depending on whatever uh, uh, relationship that you find yourself in, uh, whether it's fraternal, whether it's an uh, intimate relationship, um, business, spiritual, I always believe that it is the goal to be human and, and to accept those people who are, are as human. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, well, that sounds contradictory because you just said, you know, you're not trying to let people in with their negative emotions and like that. I'm not saying I'm not trying to let nobody in. I'm saying that I'm trying not to let those things affect my uh, my domain, you know, my my atmosphere. Because yeah. um, people are going to come with that negative energy. They're going to come with that negative vibe. And some days you can combat it and you got the energy to be like, yo, we, this this where we at? All right, come on, let's go. Let's, let's do this. And other times you're like, yeah, let's listen. Um, today ain't that day, yo. Um, we can talk about this later. Like, we can change the subject and and maybe focus on something else and maybe that subside to the point where we can have a decent conversation and work through some things together. But you, know, you don't always have to fight people and you don't always have to let them just treat you any kind of way. Um, 
like I said, putting yourself first and really paying close attention to um, how they say, how they treat you, and also how you're feeling. Um, because I think that's the third thing that we we don't always recognize until it's too late or until it's after the fact. And like, man, really made me feel, or now I'm feeling this, or you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think being bringing those feelings to the forefront is important early on, early on, because you sit with that shit, it'll eat you alive, man. So it'll, yeah. and it'll it might not drain your energy right away, but it's gonna drain that shit eventually, man. It's gonna you know. I think it's good that you recognize that within yourself and you're trying to take your own advice. I think this friend group that we have, really good advice givers, but I don't think we're the type to take our own advice. We're not. And I think it's good (laughs) that you have matured and you've gotten smarter than us, as you've always been, and you're taking your own advice because that's going to end up making you a better and even stronger friend in the in the long run and just a stronger person for yourself fuck everybody else it's going to make you a better bus yeah, the sure. upgraded <laughs> shit with the digital displays <laughs> with the tvs and the headrest looking at <laughs> right <laughs> who got tvs and the headrest <laughs> <laughs> literally tvs on the brain all right sorry <clears throat> so the the final thing that i kind of want to say besides just um, saving yourself trouble and being intentional and present to um, boost the pathways of communication and the establishment of proper boundaries because I believe as you learn more about yourself, as you learn to put yourself more, you'll really be able to fill out those boundaries um, that can keep you uh, not only safe but in a, in a, um, a decent mindset and um, um, just have an overall good vibe about you. Because uh, I think that's one thing that um, we as people just really suffer at is establish proper boundaries um, for ourselves and for others. Um, but also really pay attention to yourself as far as what you want to do. Um, we, we talk about purpose a lot um, in these last couple of uh, um, uh, podcasts. Um, really finding out what your purpose is, really working towards your purpose. Um really being open to the discovery of your purpose because sometimes it's it's staring you right in the face and everybody can see it and they always ask you those questions. Well, why don't you just, you know, why don't you just try or why don't you just go? Um, and we always see that as either some type of hobby or um, just people being meddlesome. Um, and we don't actually give ourselves to that, to the idea that maybe I could do this. Maybe I, you know, and being fearful of it because, one is something that we do enjoy. So if I fail at this, you know, can I continue to enjoy this, or will it remind me of that failure? Um, and and even there, uh, realizing that failure is just a process to the process of success. Success is not a destination; it's a process. Um, it's another good quote, and I can't remember who said it. Um, Doctor Seuss. <laughs> Doctor Seuss. <laughs> uh, but that success is a process. It's it's never a destination. Yeah, there are plateaus in the process of success where we feel like, you know, I've arrived here. Um, but it's just like learning. It's, it's always a continual process. Success is always a process, and it always changes, honestly, because um, once you meet one goal, then you find that you have another goal, either higher or to, to the adjacent, uh, that you want to accomplish. So um, realizing that your purpose um, also isn't just a destination. 
Um, it's a continual thing. It's a continual thing that you want to work into um, and that you want to develop. Um, you know, we always talk about um, processes as far as like healthcare, um, to where we, we, um, we work out, we um, change our eating habits, we, um, <coughs> excuse me, we um, take in more water, we take vitamins, you know, we, we do those things to promote uh, a healthy body. Um, what about those things to promote a healthy mind? You know, take an hour to read, an actual read a book, a real life book, not something on our phones, um, but a real life book, um, taking um, breaks from social media to detach from the emotional connection that we have to it, um, that we don't even realize we have until we stop going to social media. Then it's like, oh man, I have this urge. You know, that's, that's a connection, that's an attachment that is really strong um, with this current generation and the generation before it um, to where it's like so much so that you find yourself doing the motions automatically on your phone um, to scroll up to things. Um, taking a break from that to reestablish and to um, reinforce just being, uh, being you, um, getting proper rest. That is a big one. Um, a lot of people don't sleep like they're supposed to. Quick, like, wrap up thing. So the physical aspects we talk about most every pie, um, what things you should be working towards as far as just maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Um, honestly, the most important thing is to listen to your body um, and listen to yourself because you need to allow that time to really hear yourself out and really listen to how you're feeling um, what your thoughts revolve around, um, and, and seeing how you're actually, I guess, moving through the world, moving through time, uh, because the things we think about, the things that linger on our mind um, can either be a, a, a source of suffering, um, or they could be those monsters and those, um, those sayings and phrases and, and, and positive things that we need to to become a better person, to become um, more effective in our daily lives and to really establish um, what I like to refer to as our domains. So uh, not that this is a command from anybody or a command to anybody or, you know, something that everybody should be doing, even though, you know, that's what I believe. Um, I just want to encourage people to really, really take this time to um, not just isolate isolate themselves from the harms and terrors of the world and to live in fear, but to also be working on strengthening ourselves, um, reinforcing ourselves, um, fortifying ourselves in all the different aspects, uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and even socially, um, um, of course, financially, but also socially to where we're strengthening those bonds, um, so that as we pour into others, they can pour into us as well. Um, I don't think it's just a simple inside job. Um, I think it's a communal thing to where uh, the connection and the consistency, and that key word there, that mutual consistency, um, is beneficial to everyone. So that's my thought on it, man. Um, hope I said something today that I really sparked your thought process and makes you look 
uh, self-reflectively to really consider, are you giving it your best for yourself? Um, we give our give it our uh, we give it our best for everyone around us and for those we care about, um, but that should also include us. We should be caring for ourselves as well, if not more than we do for other people. Um, and I know that's contrary to all type of religious debating things of that nature, but um, you can't help people with what you don't have. Thank you, Reverend R- Russell Al Sharpton. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> and now the anti-genitor of the group. <laughs> the Bruce genitor of the group. Bruce genitor. <laughs> Whoa. Let's not do that. Okay. So, the, <laughs> the fucked up story of the week. Hilarious. As always it is. Bruce. Thai police admit they are powerless to control marauding sex-crazed monkeys that overran a city, leaving people terrified to leave their homes. <laughs> that's right. There's a place in Thailand that's being overran by monkeys. And what kind of monkeys do you ask? The only kind to fit this kind of story. Macaques. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we missed this uh, the other week, T.S. Good job. Yeah, well, people didn't. <laughs> oh, I know they did. Uh, well, the people in Thailand probably didn't. They probably don't think the story is funny at all. <laughs> but it is for everybody else because their city is being overran by macaque. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's the um, when when Jacko said the TV shows and they went to I think it was in Pennsylvania or Connecticut or something like that. There's a little town called. My anus. And he's like, look, there's an old Jack Russell Taylor, your my anus. <laughs> TS, is lo- TS is really loving this story of the week, that is. Yeah, so... <laughs> oh, I liked it a lot, so much that I actually read the whole thing. <laughs> no, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is new to me. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the story was um, their growing numbers, doubling in three years, have made an uneasy coexistence with their human peers almost intolerable. Reluctant to just let the monkeys starve, people have since taken to feeding them junk food and an attempt to keep the peace. But many believe the sugary diet has turned them sex-crazed and that, and now that uh, they're breeding faster than ever before uh, because of the diets and stuff that people have put them on. As a result of the new diet, the urban monkeys have lost their muscle mass and many suffer from blood disease and hypertension. <laughs> Hey guys, this is serious. Quit monkeying around. <laughs> this okay. Oh, humans boy. not only fuck up humans with our bullshit, <laughs> but our passive aggressiveness, our inability, our inability to come to come to grips with our feelings, and our incessant need for shitty foods has now <laughs> fucked up the monkeys. Yo, increase their sex drive, made them lose their muscle mass in exchange for blood diseases and high blood pressure, hypertension, heart problems, and things like this. They probably have diabetes and all <laughs> thanks to our dieting. So, yeah. We help them, they help us, everybody's happy. City circle of Thailand, life. <laughs> yeah, circle of life. City being overran by macaque. <laughs> 
Soon all those monkeys will die like Juice World from poor diets. <laughs> from the juices of the cock. Right. I, oh, God. <laughs> well, um, fun fact of the week uh, has nothing to do with uh, physical health, but mental health, on the other hand. Banks have therapists known as wealth psychologists who help ultra-rich clients who are unable to mentally cope with their immense amount of wealth. Oh, my Lord. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, my Oh, my Lanta. Um, so, uh, so the super ultra-rich don't deserve psychologists, Cody? Is, is that it? Dude. They own them already. Too much money, and yet they're paying these psychologists to help them? To, uh, no, no, no. Say all that. It's probably a free service offered oh, of with course. the pay. Because yeah. the richer you are, the more free shit you get. Give exactly. me the money. That'll help you with your stress and right. monkeys in my cocks. Just monkeys in my cocks. <laughs> Are you a fan of that story, Cody? Uh, yeah, it's really, kind of like some of my favorite things in there. Monkeys, yeah, right. You seem really sexual innuendos. You seem really intrigued by these monkeys eating flame hots and fucking each other. Like that is uh Yeah, man. Like, yeah, man. Sure right. <laughs> yeah, it's sure. right. Macaques are going wild in Thailand. <laughs> Who would not want to tell a story about macaque taking over Thailand? <laughs> it's like Godzilla. <laughs> but macaques got it. Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Notice, so, that, notice that Russell has okay. tuned out. <laughs> so. This yeah. is true. No, no worries, Russ. Got your back. Also, no, uh, please don't. McCoy's shitty Apple phone is going to be dying anytime soon. So... <laughs> Episode 73 of Not Politically Correct. It's the homie TS, a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. Still happy not to be an Apple user out this bitch. You can find me on Twitter at CNovaKPZ. McCoy? Well, get your boy. If my dumbass would just Randy have Macho. invested in the wireless charger, my phone could be sitting here charging as we speak. So don't blame Apple for my misfortunate uh, and, and splitter? stupid care of myself. You know what I mean? I should be listening to no, what Russell said. I mean, did you charge your phone, though, before? You know, that's did? neither here nor there, Cody. That's right oh, here but... and there. <laughs> it's everywhere. Green eggs and I... ham. Sam, I am. <laughs> I think it's a simple civil right to be able to charge your phone and listen to it at the same time, you know, but whatever. Well, I could if I had a fucking wireless charger because I'm stupid. Yeah, you don't need, you shouldn't have to have wireless chargers. <laughs> I don't have Don't one. care I'm about me, T.S. You should... this whole time. I'm at 78%. Mm-hmm. Um, it's your boy, Rue McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God. You know what the fuck going on. Uh, you can find me at uh, Rue McCoy KPZ on Twitter and Rue McCoy Rebel on Snapchat. Cody, better dear now, huzzah, CD record, and everything. That's a Juice World song waiting to happen. Featuring Young Thug. Nobody will understand anything. Hey, Cody. A.K.A. The Sound. The sound. <laughs> Rest the bar, man. A.K.A. Teddy Rest. Smooth fingers, two words, cue, the progenitor. Rest of us. Find me on the snap. You know the name. By now. He Hopefully. said you know the name. <laughs> <laughs> He's sick of this shit. You know IG. I'm gonna keep playing. Candy, <laughs> <laughs> Queen Latifah oh, no. song here. <laughs> <laughs>
He's juiced. Somebody call 911. You might not give us back. <laughs> He's juiced. Sorry, Trent, Mr. Slip. Um. <laughs> you can you can find us on Facebook at right. I D I T Y. I wish rain drops would fall. I like this. Have some wind chimes. <laughs> but uh, and on that note, gang.